Welcome to the Lindsay and Tony podcast, where we talk about spirituality, business, and life experiences. In this podcast, we're bringing our private conversations to you. We believe that it's through discussion, action, and reflection that true change occurs. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining today. For those of you who have been listening to our show, we're so grateful you're here. And for those that are brand new to listening, we are so, so excited that you're joining us today and we're grateful for you too. If you didn't get a chance to listen to all the episodes before this show, definitely go back and listen to them because we put our heart and soul into these episodes and I know you're going to get so much value from them. Again, I wanted to remind all of you to definitely join my newsletter at lindsaymarino.com. You will always stay up to date with the podcast. You'll get information about my online classes and my in-person classes and events. And I'm just so excited for everything that's coming up. So you can go to lindsaymarino.com and sign up there. I am so excited about today's guest. Welcome to episode eight. We are talking with Anita Morjani today. And Anita Morjani was actually one of the very first guests on my radio show. I think she was the third or fourth guest on my radio show when I officially started it, when I had the Intuitive Guidance show. And I'm just so happy that she's back. I wanna tell some of you about her if you haven't heard about her yet. In 2006, Anita fell into a coma as her four-year struggle with cancer was coming to an end. While doctors rushed to attend to her frail body, she entered into a near-death experience where she discovered one of life's greatest truths. Heaven is not a destination, it's a state of being. When she regained consciousness, her cancer miraculously healed and she was free of disease within weeks. Since then, she's heeded the call to share this powerful story and divine lesson with the world. In this episode, we talked all about all sorts of things, um, but some of the stuff that we covered was about Anita's journey after her near-death experience, Anita's experience with Wayne Dyer's messages from the other side, the power of living in your truth and experiencing freedom, we, you'll learn all about tuning into your own truth and the importance, important message Anita has for empaths and everyone else in the world, the things Anita does when she wants to recharge and get centered, and also her experience with the other side and how our past loved ones are always connecting with us right now and they're always communicating with us. And this is just some of the information that we talked about. It's interesting because I watched the episode again and the video version, I noticed there was a certain part where we were talking about past loved ones and Anita was speaking about the signs that come up with past loved ones. And I just, I noticed a light actually land on her. So I'm going to have to find out later if this is something that was in the room or it was actually a sign because I definitely believe it. And we were, we were talking just about past loved ones. So I'll see if you guys notice this in the episode, but I hope that you enjoy the show. Anita, I'm so happy that you're here today. And I know the last time that we spoke, we, we just spoke about this, that you were on my radio show, which you were one of the first of 
three guests to come on at the very beginning. I think you were the third or fourth guest to come on my show. So I'm so happy to have you as a guest on our podcast now. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be on. And, and it was, you know, you're one of the very few people that I'm doing an interview with at the moment because I've been so busy um, working on so many things that, that, yeah, so I really enjoyed my interview with you. Oh, good. And I can't wait to talk about everything that's been happening too. And I told you before we started recording that I was getting ready today and I kept thinking, there's a third book, but I didn't know that you had a third book until we just spoke. So I'm really, really happy to talk about that too. Great. But before we start getting in the flow of that, I do want to talk about just a little bit about you and some of people have already heard the intro, um, but you've had an experience in your life where it completely shifted everything because you had the near death experience and coming back, I'm sure was I know was a huge process for you to actually come back and live here on earth after being in this beautiful, um, loving space in a different way. It was a different realm, but also you had to come back here. So what was that like for you coming back from your near death experience and living here on the earth plane? That was actually really challenging. And, and oh, and I just want to mention to the viewers and listeners that I'm just getting over the flu. I don't always sound like this or look like this. But, but, but yes, coming back from the other realm and integrating here was really challenging because after what had happened to me, I mean, it was so beautiful in the other realm. And I felt this um, feeling of such clarity, like an awakening. Yeah. And I wanted to share it with everybody. I wanted, because of the, I had cancer and the, and the cancer just healed. So I really believed that people would be interested in knowing how or why the cancer healed. Because you think everybody wants to know how to heal cancer. So when, you know, and even though I had proof the cancer had healed in the hospitals, the doctors couldn't explain it. The doctors said it was a spontaneous remission. I was lucky to be alive. There's no way that the chemo drugs or any of those things could have done what, have, what had happened to me. They even sent my records to five different cancer institutes around the world. And, the, and nobody had ever seen anything like it before. And they didn't have a scientific explanation. But everybody was interested in a what they call a scientific explanation. Yes. So I started sharing what I felt happened inside. I started sharing that it was because I had touched the space of unconditional love. And I had never known what that felt like before. And I wanted people to know that if they could reach that space within themselves, and we all have it within us, we could heal a lot of things because when we don't know that we are love, when we don't reach that space of love, when we don't encourage children to do it and adults to do it, what happens is that our lives begin to fill with a lot of fear because the absence of love is fear. And fear is what erodes at our immune system and our energy, and it erodes us physically. And then we become vulnerable to illnesses and illnesses are also wake-up calls telling us that we're living our lives 
out of fear and we're not doing and being what we came here to be and do. We need to love ourselves so as to shine our light and be all that we came here to be. Anyway, as I started to um, share this message, um, I started to run into a lot of people who were debunkers, people who weren't ready to hear that message, people who said, oh, yeah, uh, so love cures cancer. Tell that to the person going through chemo. And, you know, and you get people, you know yes. what people can be like. So it was so hurtful and it was so like, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, but so far, just as many people are dying from chemo as they are surviving. I'm giving you what happened to me internally. Yes. And eventually it was bringing me down so much that I stopped sharing. I stopped sharing my story. And I started to understand why in this world for people, why transformation is so hard because what happens is that we are often in an environment. We, we have this environment around us, whatever it is, um, whether it's people on the internet, people on our Facebook, people on social media, people around us. Um, and we've always been in this environment. And suddenly when we become somebody different, when we realize something, we learn something that changes us to our core, we can't survive in that same old environment anymore. It's so true. I experienced it myself. Yeah, I'll bet you have. And it is really hard. And so your, your choice is like, do I go back to being that person I used to be just to fit into that environment and become that fearful person with, you know, dejected person and, and, and that person again. But that was the person that got cancer. Yeah. I didn't want to be that person again. And so I had to remove myself from my environment, from my social media, from, from a lot of things. And I had to really start from the beginning. And thank God my husband was yes. so supportive and he, he was with me on that. He really supported me, not just through the journey of cancer and having the near-death experience, but even the journey of coming back and trying to adjust and, and making sure that I didn't go back to being the person I used to be. Yeah. And you can tell what a special relationship that is vibrating out to the world with you and, and Danny. And I just, I love it so much. And, and I, in your first book, Dying to Be Me, both books, Dying to Be Me and What If This Is Heaven, both books are so amazing. And if, if people listening have not checked out both books, you have to check them out. Um, but you speak about how Danny is, he was part of your um, reason you were coming back, right? Yes. And, and he's part of all of it. He is. And, and, I, and on the one hand, I don't want people to feel that, um, you know, if you've lost a loved one, don't feel that your loved one didn't come back because they didn't love you enough. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't know what's going on in their lives, in their heads. So what I do know is that if somebody is going through an illness, encourage them to get excited about the life they'll have after they heal. Um, so in my case, when I realized while I was in that NDE state, the near-death experience, when I was in the other realm, when I realized that I had this life to live, 
that I could live in a certain way, which is not the way I used to be living it. That's kind of, I would say, what got me excited about coming back and about healing. Yeah. And, and um, my, um, uh, I mean, I know people who have crossed over and of course who, who didn't come back. But in some cases, it's not because they didn't love the people enough. It's, they love them unconditionally. But sometimes people actually feel that when they cross over on the other side, they can do more for their loved ones. Um, sometimes people's lives are so stuck and so trapped. They might be in a really complicated relationship and financially in a really complicated situation, and they might have young children and so on, maybe they truly believe that they can do more from the other side than if they came back and was still stuck in that complicated, complicated situation, which makes them a burden on everyone around them. It's interesting that you're saying this because you might remember, you may not, but I, I do mediumship readings where I connect in with past loved ones and similar messages have come up just like you're speaking about too. So, I'm so glad, yes. Yes. And you know, that brings me to my next question. I know Wayne Dyer is such a dear friend, a family member to you, really, I believe. Um, yes. And I... I've met Wayne before in person because I went to one of his conferences, but I've also, my husband and I feel very connected to him in a way that we've received spiritual messages since his passing. And I've also given some close people to him readings also. And I know a lot of people that maybe aren't considered, you know, mediums, they still connect in with him and they feel his love. They feel his guidance and yeah. I've been dying to know, have you been experiencing extra sensitivities to from messages from him before you go on stage to talk or while you're... It's, it's funny, I just did a radio show on this yesterday, but a lot. Um, I mean, there, it started with um, the first time I had to go on stage after he passed away was to speak at his memorial. And I was so sad and I was thinking, how am I going to speak about Wayne at his memorial without breaking into tears? And there were thousands of people in the audience. And, and before I went on stage, before it was my turn to speak, um, I, just, I just had to go to the bathroom. And I took a, and I, in my head, I was thinking, gosh, what am I going to say? I'm, I'm going to break down. And how can I speak? Wayne was always introducing me on stage. And now I have to speak about what he meant to me. This is going to be so hard. And I, um, and I was going towards the bathroom at the back of the auditorium and I took a wrong turn and I thought, oh my gosh, where am I going? And I didn't realize like, why have I taken a wrong turn? Where am I? So I took another turn, um, which was another wrong turn. And there on the wall was a sign that said, just be yourself. Oh my gosh. That gives me goosebumps. Yeah. And I knew that was him because there was no reason for me to take that wrong turn. And it was after seeing that sign, I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder. And then after seeing the sign, um, I didn't take any more wrong turns. It was like <laughs> suddenly I found the bathroom really easily and went on stage. And uh, when I was delivering the, the speech, um, I let tears flow. I cried because 
that was my answer. Just get on stage and be yourself. Speak about what he meant to me. And, uh, and if I cry, I cry. And so that's exactly what I, what I did. I wasn't anxious anymore. Um, and then there were so many others. I mean, there was one amazing time when, um, before he had died, he had been telling me I need to speak in, uh, at the Mile High Church in Denver, Colorado. Uh-huh. He had been telling me this like for two years, but my schedule had never matched theirs, the, you know, the Mile High Church, because I lived in Hong Kong and, they, and I had to be here in the U.S. to speak there. Yeah. And so we were trying to match schedules. And also finally, um, we fixed the date for February of 2016 and we fixed this date a year in advance and Wayne was really happy that I was going to speak there. He had been speaking there for 12 years and they loved him there. And they had been saying to him, they would love to have me. So he was instrumental in getting me to speak there. Yeah. And so unfortunately, when the day, by the time the day arrived, he had passed away. By the time the day arrived for me to speak there, he had passed away. So when I arrived in Denver, uh, it was my husband and I, we arrived at the airport and this lady comes to pick us up at the airport. And she was telling me how the last 12 years Wayne had been speaking mm-hmm. there and she was always the one that went to pick him up at the airport. And she was saying she really missed him. And I said, I know I really miss him too. And we were talking about him. And um, she said that she would drive him to do his errands, like sometimes to go pick up healthy foods and things mm-hmm. like that. And she said, if there's anything you need, I'm here for you. So she was really sweet. She dropped us off at the hotel mm-hmm. and, and then uh, we check in at the hotel and uh, we got our key. We went up to the room. When I opened the room door, the room was a mess. It was the bed sheets were off the bed. It was like people had slept in it. Oh my the gosh. Towels, yeah. The towels had been used. The lampshades were crooked in the room. So we thought, wow, this is interesting. So I called on the um, house phone. I called down to the front desk and I said, I'm not sure if you've given us the right room because this room hasn't been made up. Mm-hmm. So the guy at the front desk, he, he apologized and he said, I'm coming up right now. He came up into the room and he looked at it and he said, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. I don't know how that would have happened. Anyway, he, he took us to uh, the cafe downstairs and he said, go grab something to eat or a coffee on us and we'll figure this out and I'll be right back to get you for another room. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting down. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'll bet that's Wayne messing with us because he's been telling me, like, I must speak here. I must speak here. So I thought, that's him messing with me. So then um, we're sitting having our coffee and this lady in a business suit comes walking up to us and she said, hi, I'm the um, uh, front desk manager of the hotel. And we apologize about what happened. I have no idea how it happened because even on the roster, it's showing your room as having been made up. So she said, I don't know how it fell through the cracks, but to make up for it, we're going to upgrade you to a suite. So oh, I was like, how amazing. And yeah. I thought it wasn't such a big deal what happened, but I'm taking the suite. So, exactly. so when I walked in to the suite, it was amazing. It was a corner suite on the 12th floor, which is the top floor 
the kitchen and the living room and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to Danny, this is Wayne for sure. This is him wanting me to have a good time. The next day um, when this, the lady, the wonderful lady picked us up to take me to the event to speak, mm-hmm. she picks me up and she says, how was your night in, in the hotel? I was the hotel. I said, oh, it was great. And I told her what happened. Yeah. And I told her I was in that 12th floor suite. Her jaw dropped. And she said, that was Wayne's room every trip. She oh said, every trip, he wanted the same room and they booked the same room for him. Oh, I like, everywhere. Yes. That was my confirmation. That was Wayne. That is him. It's funny. Do you find that when he comes through, he adds humor into a lot of things? Because when I connect with him, I feel like he's always joking around too. There's a mix of humor in it. Oh, definitely. He's very mischievous. Yes. Oh, I love that story. I love hearing stories like this because it's just, it's, he's, and I think it's so important for people listening, whether they followed Wayne or not, that this is what happens with our loved ones you know, our, our loved ones are with us and, and they come through and they give us these signs and they make things happen in ways that we don't know how it happens. It just does. And it's a beautiful thing. Yep, exactly. It, it really is. And the thing is like, even when I saw that sign on the door, just be yourself, mm-hmm. I knew it was Wayne because in the very first interview that he ever did with me, when we, we first connected, um, he, he had said to me, so is it important to be positive? I said, no, it's more important to be yourself. And when I said that, he said, oh my gosh, I really love that. And so what he would do is every interview, including his PBS special, he would ask me that question. So I would say it's more important to be yourself. And it was like he knew that I would knew, I would know that sign is from him when he guided yes. me. That sign. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And I love that you brought that up because I think I'm like a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> because I used to think that I had to be positive and I had to maybe push away feelings that I was feeling in the past because I thought that it's not good to think negatively. And after the whole process of uncovering things with um, people passing away in my life, I started to realize that I had to be, and I'm saying selfish in quotes, because it's really not selfish. It's actually a, a great thing um, yeah. for you and everyone else. I had to put myself first and I got confirmation with your book, Dying to Be Me, and you speak about it in your second book, What is um, What If This Is Heaven? And you talk about the power of really being yourself, um, stepping into to who you are and not dimming your light. And I think it's easy to do that yes. if, if you're not used to the, the new programming or yes. the old one that's in within your soul. Yes. It's easy to dim your light. You mean? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. And in my second book, I went into it quite a bit. And, um, you know, and I speak about how, how we lose our light. And I'm currently writing a third book, which goes into that even more. Because what I realized is that people who are highly sensitive and empathic, um, mm-hmm. like yourself, and um, people like us, uh, we... We are the ones that are, you know, like you said, 
that you you do readings and things. People who are empathic and highly sensitive have a lot of gifts to offer the world. Right. So it's it's like a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you're in tune with your inner mystic, you're in tune with the other realm, but you're also in tune with all the noise yeah. and the demands of the other people. Yes. And so there's no separation or it's really hard to separate the two. And we are the ones that even though we are more in tune with our inner self, we're also more likely to get lost in the emotions of other people. It is so true. I was just talking about that with my husband, Tony, and he kind of puts me in my place when I need to be put in my place. And he said, you need to really pay attention to you, stay focused and stay centered. And when I catch myself doing it, I have to just come back to center because yes. it is easy. And, and it's easy being empaths. It's easy to pick up on what, what they think, you know, yes. take the time to do that, which it really isn't about that. It's about sharing the truth and, and what's in, and it, and it benefits everyone for the highest good. Yes, it does. It benefits everyone for the highest good when you, uh, when you are able to tune in and share your truths. Because in, uh, currently, the world we live in lacks empathy. Yeah. And um, it's not that there aren't empaths around. It's not that there aren't enough empaths. But the empaths and the sensitive people are hiding and dimming their light because the world feels so insensitive to them. We need for the world to be a safer place for empaths to come out and shine their light because it's what we need right now. And if empaths hide, the world is going to be led by... <laughs> Fear. Fear, <laughs> yes. Fear-based things. and like Fear-based people and anger-based people and, uh, and every body and everything that is not um, sensitive, sympathetic, empathetic. That, that brings up a good point for me to ask you. And I've been thinking about it and I'm thinking, you know, what's a normal day for you? Now that you've come back from the other side, I'm sure your awareness comes back and you think, okay, I need to change something because right now I might be feeling tired or I might feel drained. And I know before we started recording, we talked about how there's been things that have shifted around the focus of who you're speaking to now. Um, and I want to hear more about that, but I also want to hear about things that you do to either recharge or feel more centered or feel more alive when you're outside of speaking and doing interviews. Yes. So um, I need to listen to music or be close to the ocean or go out in nature to get centered. And um and I'm not going to lie, I'm going to tell you that even I lose my center. I end up getting caught in the noise of the outer world. And when I say I end up getting caught by the noise, I mean, I allow it to penetrate and drain me when there, and this is, this is the problem I'm talking about, the double-edged sword, is that sometimes I may be aware that I need some self-care, but other people around me who need care, that noise might be louder for me. And I end up giving of myself to the point of getting drained. Yes. So my husband is very good at pointing it out to me when I do that yes. and bringing me back to my center and reminding me that um, that is the person I used to be. And I realized that even having had the near-death experience, 
it makes me aware of who I am, but it doesn't mean I'm not that empathetic, sensitive, whatever I was before. It doesn't mean I'm not that person anymore. But the near-death experience made me aware that that was what caused my, what was what caused the cancer. Right. And I just want to take a little segue here. I know I'm going off from the question you asked, but I no, just want to say this. Um, when I, uh, when my best friend had cancer, um, I was unable to be myself because I was watching her suffer. I was watching her body deteriorate. I was watching her go through chemo and I was watching her health deteriorate. And I was um, feeling so guilty that I was fine and she wasn't. I wasn't even able to go and have fun or go shopping. Um, she wanted me to spend time with her all the time and she was in and out of hospitals. She was at home. She was on an oxygen uh, tank and she was having, um, you know, she was connected to, um, to, to drugs being drip fed into her veins. And every time I went out, even with our, with any of my friends, I would feel really guilty because these were friends who were her friends as well. They were our mutual friends. Right. So I found that um, I just couldn't have fun. I couldn't do anything without feeling guilty. So I would spend a lot of my time with her. I would invite our friends over to come and see her. And then our friends would go off and have fun after visiting her. And I couldn't do that without feeling awful. And then, uh, and I was feeling so tired and so drained inside. And um, it was really eating me up inside that she was going through what she was going through. It was like I felt it like it was me. Yes. And then I got my own diagnosis. And then when I got my own diagnosis, there was, apart from the huge fear, there was this little voice inside that said, now I get to take care of me. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's powerful. Yeah, and that's what I wanted people to know. And that's what happens with a lot of people who truly don't have boundaries between their own feelings and the feelings of the person they're close to and the feelings of the people that are around them. And that is the emotion that my third book is going to be focused on. Oh my gosh. It, I just feel like it's going to be so powerful. I have goosebumps head to toe. I feel like it's going to help so many people. There's a lot of people listening. I feel like everyone listening is very empathic. Yes. To this and podcast, that's, that's perfect. And so recently I noticed that... Um, that my books, particularly my first book, but both my books, they attracted a particular kind of person. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that's changed for me between when I used to share in the beginning, because when I first came out of the near-death experience and the cancer healed, it was a lot of um, medical people, scientists, people that wanted to know what happened to me. And so I was getting all these sar sarcastic remarks and yeah, right, love cured your cancer, whatever. But today, the people I'm attracting are the ones who've read my first book and then went on to read my second book and they follow me on social media. So mm -hmm. I ignore the negative comments now because when you have enough positive comments to know that you are helping, you are actually helping a certain segment of the market, it's yeah. much easier for you to then focus on that. 
So my third book is targeted to those people and I know they know who they are. I know them and I know you and I know you because that's the person I am. That's the person I was. This is the help I would have needed before I had the near-death experience. That's why I know my audience now. I feel I know them because they are me. Yes, that's so powerful. And so even back to your question of how I take care of me, I find what really nourishes me is to create, uh, when I create, when I write, when I write, when I create videos like Facebook Live videos with the concepts that I know would help the person who I was. And the more I write about it, the more it's so therapeutic for me. I love it. I just write and write and write about things that I wished I knew then. Yes. what's turning into this third book but it's my therapy so my my therapy and I'm finding that that I'm getting excited about it and every time I feel this excitement of something new that's come into my head I do a Facebook video on it yep. and I get people's reactions so I, I and so many people are going to continue to share your message of love and you can feel it through the videos through your Facebook lives all of whenever anyone hears your voice or feels the vibration they feel love everyone that I've spoke with and and it's because you're being yourself which is so powerful and it teaches us that we don't have to be um I think being ourselves is so important I think for me being a natural introvert it gave me almost permission when I saw when I read your book and I thought I can't hold back anymore and that's why I did the first radio show was because of that oh I'm so glad because the world needs people like you And that's who the book is for. It's for the people who've been afraid to shine their light. It's it's for people like like you and before I had the NDE, that's who it's for. I love that. And I know, I I wanted to ask you a question too about, um, what do you think about with, with us passing away and going to that other realm. I know you had an experience on the other side and you saw your dad that had passed Mm -hmm. and you were able to communicate with him. Do you feel since you passed that you've been extra sensitive to the other side where you feel when maybe your dad pops in, a thought pops in your mind or do you, have you had any dreams since the NDE where you've had messages come to you? Yes, I have. In fact, Um, I've had, this happens to me a lot and I do feel more connected uh, after the NDE, but I think what the near-death experience does is that it makes you aware that you are already connected. So it's almost like a confirmation because prior to that, I wouldn't have known that that's what it was. You kind of think, oh, it's random or it's a coincidence or it's my imagination the NDE made me realize that oh, they really are connecting with me all the time. Yeah. And, when, and, and it made me realize a whole lot of things that I had thought were just uh, my imagination was actually my dad. And so now I know it's, it's like a confirmation. And when you know it and when you believe it, you're more open to it and you see it more and more. Because the other thing is, for, the, for those on the other side, for our deceased loved ones, because they don't have a physical body, 
They don't have physical vocal cords. They can't communicate with us or even touch us or make their presence known the way a physical person can. They are basically energetic beings. So they have to figure out how to manipulate energies in a way to get our attention. And they can get in our thoughts. They can get in our dreams. They can sometimes manipulate technology. (laughs) Yes. I've I've known people whose phones have done funny things to send them messages and all. So they do manipulate technology and things like that. So when you are open, though, that's here's the other thing. When you are open to it, it's easier for them to come through you. And you will know that as a clairvoyant yourself, as a psychic yourself. You know that. The more open you are, the easier they find it to come through you. But the more close you are to the idea, the concept, the harder it is for them to come through. It's so true. I think before my own loss, I... I had this idea of being Catholic that it was a sin to even go to a psychic. I didn't even know what a medium was at the time. Um, And then I started to realize how, you know, what is limiting ourselves? It's really just our human mind that limits us. And it's just a different frequency or a different thing to open up to. And I think I know that love links us to the other side, links us to, and I say the other side, but it's so close. It's right here with us. It is, yes. And and it is. It's right here and around us. Yes. And yes. It's just it's just not physical, so we don't see it. Right. Now my last question is if there was anything that your audience or people listening didn't know about you, is there something that maybe it could be it doesn't have to be anything, you know, in the spiritual terms, but is there anything that you like to do or anything different that people don't know about you that you <laughs> Um, let me see. I love to have, I love to have fun. Um, and the thing is that, um, people, uh, I guess something people don't know about me is that I don't really read spiritual videos or attend spiritual seminars or watch, um, I don't watch spiritual videos or read spiritual books or, uh, or, consciously meditate and all because on the one hand because I feel connected to the other side all the time I I don't feel the need to meditate because I'm aware in fact it's the other way around I try not to do anything that makes me feel disconnected and I feel that people who need to meditate are the ones who are stressed out and rush around and feel disconnected so they need to take time to meditate I try not to do anything that disconnects me so I don't feel the need to take the time out to meditate. People believe that I love to read spiritual books and all, but let me tell you, when you have this, all this stuff going on and coming through yourself, which you're sharing with the world, you don't want to uh, mix your message with what other people are saying. So I tend not to. What I do do with a lot of my time is I love watching comedies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love watching YouTube videos I, I watch Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I watch a woman named Lily Singh on YouTube. I just love her sense of humor. Um, so yeah, the kind of stuff I watch and read and all is just really light and fun. Um, the heavy stuff is what I write myself. Or yes. Myself. So I think that's something a lot of people maybe don't know about me, but I wanted to share that. And, I love that. 
and what I would want people to know for themselves is that I would want you, I would want everybody listening in to know that that you are not broken. There is nothing wrong with you and you don't need fixing as such. And one of the things that people believe is that um, is that they need to fix themselves. It's cool to read self-help books. I love that. I love that people read books on how to, um, you know, how to understand themselves better. That's great. But it doesn't mean you're broken. I always give the example of Michelangelo who carves these beautiful statues out of stone and marble. One day when somebody asked him, how did you carve this beautiful angel out of this ugly rock? And he said, the angel was always there. I just removed the parts of the rock that was not the angel and I set the angel free. Oh, I this love that. Was, yeah, I love that quote. And this is what I would want people to know. Your beauty, your love, your perfection is already there. So when you follow any teachings, any read any books or do anything, it's not about fixing yourself. It's about setting the real you free. That's what it's about. That's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I thank you so much for that message and for taking the time to come on the show. And I feel like just talking to you again, it, I feel like it was yesterday that we spoke on the last show. It feels, but also it feels like 20 years ago at the same time. It's kind of funny how, how it happens. Um, But I want people to know where they can get more information from you. If you have events, when your book comes out. So can you give us your website? Yes. My website is Anita Morjani. That's A-N-I-T-A-M-O-O-R-J-A-N-I.com. I have a regular newsletter where I'll tell you about events and upcoming Facebook lives, radio shows. So please, please check out my website, sign up to my newsletter. And of course, I have a Facebook page I have uh, where I do regular Facebook lives. I have a Hay House radio show. Um, so check out all of it. I have Twitter, Instagram, all of that. But, but if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get the information on everything. I love it. I hope one day, I know one day we'll meet in person. I would I, love that. Yes. I would love to meet you. Thank you, Anita. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. And your questions were amazing. So thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you liked it, leave a five-star review on iTunes. And remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel too. If you can think of anyone else that would love this episode, share it with them right now on social media or email. And remember, getting results is a process of learning, applying, and reflecting. Stay consistent and continue to grow every day.